It's a quarter to nine now on a dismal Saturday morning in Cork. One of the wildest mornings, in fact, I've experienced. And I'm driving along Patrick Street now, heading on to our Leaside Clinic, which we'll be attending later in the morning at uh, 49 Grand Parade. Traffic is quite light at the moment, even though it's quite close to opening time. And there are very few people on the streets, and the streets look absolutely windblown and rain shot. Coming around the corner now into the Grand Parade, Sward and the Hopper of Wee. It's a fine, wide thoroughfare, and uh, sweeping around left here. Traffic is slightly heavier now, and uh, stopping at the lights. And when we come along, we'll pass the City Library, and uh, now ahead of us, one can see the Fianna Fáil buildings in Cork at 49 Grand Parade. It's a shabby enough building over a florist, and um, it bears the sign Fianna Fáil across the front of it. Below it, there's the Legion of Mary Hostel, and further on, there is the river and uh, the various monuments, and uh, up to the left is the South Mall. Traffic and even in the last few minutes or so has stepped up appreciably and people are um, creeping along by the side of the walls of their houses as the wind is uh, very very strong and I suppose people are trying to avoid the odd flying slate. This Fianna Fáil building which as I said is over a florist is uh, as a present preservation order on it now because its uh, exterior apparently is uh, unique among the buildings in Cork City. It's now a few minutes to nine and uh, our first customer for the clinic is not scheduled until 10.15 um, when I believe the Taoiseach, Jack Lynch, will be arriving. But already one of the constituency workers is there at the door and uh, he's taking away some of the rubbish bins from outside and there's a young woman with a small child standing in a, in a cranny close by. Obviously she is going to the clinic and will perhaps be among the people we'll meet later this morning in uh, our Leaside Clinic. Then up the stairs with Ollie Walsh, the constituency worker. Ollie, who has known Jack for a long time, who enjoys his work for the party, enjoys meeting the people on Saturday mornings. Ollie, whose memories, in fact, of Jack and the Taoiseach and the clinics go back a long, long time. I remember well the 1948 election. That's the first election he got elected. What was he like at the time? Quite, you know, as any young up-and-coming politician getting into the, the political line. 
poison shy and a bit nervous like anyone else, but as you see, he proved himself in his honour. Has he changed much since he became Taoiseach? Uh, more humbler, I think, than he ever I. Very humble. And he was a fine holler in his time oh, as well. Oh, he was, yes, indeed. There's very few can win six Hollanders in a row, and then it's not easy to play against teams like Kerry and Tipperary, Kilkenny and Dublin. Did you see him as a holler too? Why did you? How much of his, his skill as a holler has he brought to the political field, would you say? I suppose his coolness and his calmness, more than anything else, he has brought into the political arena. Dan O'Connell, another party worker, is a shy, diffident, soft-spoken man, but he's certain of at least one thing. He's a very natural man, but I think he's one of the greatest. <laughs> Jack is a good man. There's no, you know, he, there's something about him like that uh, attracts people. It's now 9.15 on the Saturday morning and the Fianna Fáil clinic in the Grand Parade in Cork is beginning to fill. It's something like a dentist's waiting room or perhaps a church as they sit in salad rows of forms, communicating or not communicating, each jealous of his or her own interview, his or her own impending success with Antishach or someone else. How important is the clinic? Oh, I think it is one of the most important links with the public representatives and the general public in the city here. They have an opportunity to meet the Taoiseach, the deputies, or the councillors as they wish. Um, they come to us sometimes and we make arrangements for them. We make appointments for them. And Danny, why, what do they come to you about? What are the general kind of problems now? Well, many, many of the problems they shouldn't need to come to people at all, but social welfare problems, pensions, um, things like that. There may be delays uh, with the department answering or communicating with them, and they feel by coming to the public representatives that the thing will be speeded up or things like that. You know. I suppose much of it is a lack of information. Certainly, that, that is correct, yes. The clinic, then, is a very personal business. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is because... Uh, I have another problem to know, and uh, it isn't is personal, but it's personal to someone very near to me, like. Mm. And uh, I feel that I would be taught one way or the other the answer to that problem. I suppose coming into the Taoiseach is something special, is it? It is, although I'll tell you, it's my first time coming to him. 9.45am, and our clinic is filling rapidly. Pictures of Jack Lynch and Eamon de Valera, which formerly looked down on an empty hall, now look on rows of people stretching down the stairs. Two other TDs are walking away, and Sean O'Reilly is carrying on his conversation with me about Huntishuk. He knows precisely what he wants. I think that he has uh, become uh, definitely the man that he always was, but he's more of it now. What's your impression of him as a person? I've had personal dealings with him many years ago. We had a problem, a personal problem. And uh, it was about getting uh, uh, somebody into hospital in Dublin urgently. And he done that. Oh, within a, an hour of being right, uh, of getting a phone message on that Tuesday night, when the doctors in Carpenter couldn't do it. Jerry O'Mahony, how important do you think these clinics are on Saturday morning? Very important. Um, it's 
especially from the fact that people can meet the Taoiseach really without any appointment. As far as I know, it's the way part of the world that happens. Certainly we had people here from time to time, especially English press that came over, people from the Times magazines, Times, Times paper, and also from a television programme, and apparently this surprised them, the easy way that a person can walk in and have a word with the Taoiseach and discuss any problem they have. It's important too, I suppose, Jerry, to the politicians themselves. I think it is because he obviously will meet the people and they will tell him what they think. I suppose generally any minister or Taoiseach is generally surrounded by his own supporters and they're not always going to tell you the truth. But I think when uh, Taoiseach comes to Cork or any minister, he'll get the facts of life, and especially here in Cork, quicker than other, he'll be told what, in all, in all probability, he'll be told how they run the country. The clinic, of course, is straight communication, person to person. Totally. Nobody takes any... People come along and they have a choice between the TDs, the minister, and the Taoiseach. I suppose when the Taoiseach arrives, a certain amount of people change their mind and they might be coming to a TD and obviously they go to the Taoiseach because, first of all, he's so easy to approach and he listens to, as a matter of fact, his patience often surprises me because some people, when they go into him, they can go from one problem to another problem and I'm sure they really keep him there all day. I've often seen him come in the morning, half past ten, especially a fine summer's day, and he'll be there at four or five o'clock in the evening. Antisha's clinic is at the top of the stairs. A bare room, one table, two phones, two chairs, a large window looking out on the city car park, an electric fire, a howling wind, two RTE microphones, waiting and listening. All is set, except that I must ask each client if he or she is happy to be recorded. The ratio is stark. 70% for, 30% against. That's democracy in action. There's no selection, no careful screening. 10.15, the word is, he's here. Atmosphere, temperature, attitudes all change. Enter on Taoiseach. Friendly, cool, businesslike. He's the only one to take off his coat in that room. Now tell me what's the problem. Well, first of all, uh, we have a, it's a local problem and it's probably it's a city problem. The bus schedules. Uh, and that's on the... All people. It's on the cross route, is it? Yeah. yeah. They've really upset. Yeah. Something that was working smoothly over the last few years. Yeah. They've changed and they've thrown everyone into disarray. All people that normally used to yeah. go into town to half past ten mass in a weekday. They're lost. Buses have been changed. But uh, they have, can't have been changed so drastically that there wouldn't be a bus only about half past ten. They, they are, actually, because yeah. I picked up an old man the other day and he said to me I saw him at the bus stop outside the, the bus office yes. the bus garage and uh, he said to me uh, oh they've upset the buses yeah. completely and I know he was particularly trying to get to Mass in St yeah. Francis I so see. I said I would mention that well, it's, it's, it's a question of the, the changing the time changing the times it is, it is and the old people can't get into town for late, late morning Mass late morning Mass I, yeah. I see the point yes, yes. It's, it's, but uh, what is the frequency of the bus it's not, it's not too good at the moment uh, but it, but 10 10-15 minutes now uh, they would be around that, but the, 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 there's, a, yeah. there's a terrible lull lately. We don't know whether they're understaffed or undermanned. Yeah. So, the, you, you, what, in effect, so the, 
the sessions have been changed and, 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 and the fre frequencies have been lengthened. Is that that's it? right, yes. And 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 that's, that's it. And bus stops have been changed and you'll well, never know about that either. Yeah. Until you just see it another 10 yards down the road. But I think the guards are involved in that. They, they, that's only done with their uh, knowledge and consent. But however, well, I'll I, I check I up on the, the yeah. timing of the buses and the frequency and see what I can do about it. No. Do you have another problem with that? I, I, I have. It's, uh, it's about the telephone for a, for a person uh, yeah. in a feature. That, uh, the information is there on that. If I need to elaborate. No, it's all there. Any, any special reasons why? The reason why they were living in home with their mother, this yeah. the husband and wife. She's had some uh, drastic accident. So the, the mother that's had. enough, yeah, the wife. Oh, the wife, yes. They left, bought a house with a phone in it, in Ballon yes. Temple. Yes. They got down on the and phone. And they won't connect the phone for them. And the Ballon Temple address is here as well. That's right, and that's where they're living now. I see. There is a phone in the house, but There's it's not There's a phone, connected. but they won't connect it? Yeah. And they had a phone in their old house? And the mother had, that, that was their mother's, oh, but they I left see. that with her. You see, they were married and they, had, they went out, moved and out. The mother is still living in the old she house is. in, in Alcatraz. There is a medical certificate in the post office as regards this man's wife's condition. The phone is the only way to be connected up. I see. But what uh, does he spend? I suppose he, he does. does. Like any he married does. man, spend most of his time out at work. That's right. Yeah. And she's he not does. well at the moment. Not and there is a certificate there to prove that. Yeah. And have and they got a family? I. She's expecting actually. I see. And I don't know how any more. It was uh, one see. of my own common members. That's nothing to do about here. Yeah. Anyway, I have all the pictures at the house and the phone number in the old house. Well, now, the, the, um, the mother is still retaining the phone in the auto. She is. Yeah, she is, yeah. Um, uh, just to repeat then, the phone is in the old house and all the wires laid and everything. Everything is there in just a matter of connecting it. And they won't, they won't connect yeah, it. Unless but they uh, get the number away or something. I'm making inquiries about that. Yeah, well, I know well the point is, of course, yeah. that's a possibility because in many of those areas with the big new housing estates, the lines are almost completely overloaded and unless they can... Uh, provide new lines and that's a slow operation. It's possible, as you said, that the phone has been given to somebody else. Therefore. It's possible the number was given, that's why yeah. I, yeah. Well, I'll check it out anyway and I'll let you know. Good morning, Mr. Sure. Yes. Thank you very much for meeting me. I take it you've come in your capacity as president of Muckland as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's just that, that uh, we see uh, we would like to see the uh, organisation. Excuse me. Yes. Who are you looking for? I'm here. Yes. Speaking. Yes. Oh, yes, Mr. McCarthy, yeah. Are you, are you in town or are you in, at home? Are you in Bandon, yeah. Uh, about another hour and a half, I'd say. Yeah. Will you be able to make it in that time? I thought you would, would be here. Hmm. Well, listen, could... You couldn't mention it on the phone, no? You would like it. Okay, then. Yeah, I know. Well, I tell you what, then, if you could get up on your bike and come in. Yeah. At least that, anyway. Probably up to about quarter to one. Have you have you have a car? Have you? I should make it in time. So, right or back? Thank you. Any further? You're telling me that you have uh, we have plans for, for for development and expansion. We would like to see uh, uh, 
higher level of support from yeah. the Department of uh, Education, and I decided mm. that this is a constituent of yours. I, I mm. thought that you might be able to help. Well, uh, it's interesting that a, a Catholic curate in, in Cork City was president of Nochlin Natura. I suppose you have had associations with him before you came to Gronabrahar. I, I did. I had, uh, and I'm not in Gronabrahar. I did have associations with them because I was out in Ballymartel for right. a while and yes, uh, yeah. I was in, um, in Skibbereen yeah. for a while. Yeah. But uh, people are under the impression that Nochlin Natura is. A totally rural organisation, and this is not so. We okay. have clubs in Barnry, we have clubs in Dublin, we have clubs in yeah. Galway, yeah. we would have clubs in a lot of fairly what big what towns in Ireland. What kind of activity now would you do in, in Fallonry? Uh, Mocklinatua is, uh, by its very definition, a, a country organisation. <laughs> the youth of the, of the countryside, so um, to speak. We do. We have we have seven different kind of programmes which we use in Fallonry, and we have the, we have seven different clubs actually, and they do different things depending on their kind of on, on their own interests and their own environment and so on. Yeah, and, yeah. and some of the clubs would be doing fairly sophisticated uh, projects about citizenship and about Excuse homemaking me. and that. Excuse me. Uh, hello. Good morning. Oh, there you're cut off. Okay, so you come back if you want to. Others would be doing fairly basic things. Uh, somebody, uh, some <coughs> cl club did a bit of uh, actually reading and writing. And I see. Uh, you know, so they vary but, a lot. Uh, uh, but uh, at the moment, you, you get your uh, main support, I take it, from a grant through the Department of Education. Is that well, right? we do. Or we maybe not your main support, it's a not substantial portion of it. We do. Uh, we, have, uh, we, get, uh, we do all our fundraising at the local level ourselves. We're responsible for uh, the finances of clubs and district councils. Mm -hmm. We're totally responsible for that ourselves and about uh, approximately two-thirds of our funding at the national level I comes see. from the Department of Education. I the see. others come from our own sources. Our own sources. Yeah. And anyway, like most of these voluntary organisations, that, that the more money they get, the more they, 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 they can use. So well, I suppose that, uh, that is true. Yeah. Well, listen, Father, I make inquiries about it anyway. Actually, I can't give an indication at this stage in advance of the budget, but however, I, I make inquiries to see to what extent we can provide further assistance for you. Next month, I'll be 30 years a member of the Doyle, and I have been doing it continuously ever since uh, 30 years ago. That would be February 1948. It must be a fairly daunting experience for a start. It is. Uh, one At the beginning, one feels that you couldn't really uh, count, uh, consider the kind of difficulty that people run into un until you come up against them. I often say that the vicissitudes of life that affect people have become very well known to politicians. It makes uh, it all very personal in here, doesn't it? Well, it is. You see, most people come in here and um, I'll encourage them to speak freely and um, if there's anything confidential that they want to, want me to pass on, I'll naturally keep it to myself. But um, by and large, a lot of them have genuine problems. A lot of them who come have problems that will be solved anyway. There might be people who apply genuinely for old age pensions or things of that nature. But um, they feel they're getting access to their public representative. At least they're getting attention. And um, that's probably the main function, which you do as well, of course, uh, get the opportunity of keeping in touch with a, a cross-section of the people you represent and get to know what their problems are 
It's a great example, isn't it, really? So it seems to me, anyway, in democracy, access to the Taoiseach or to any TD they like? Well, uh, I think that's uh, part of the game, so to speak. Every TD all over the country has to host a meet. And uh, a lot of the people who come, of course, go to the other TDs of different parties as well. Uh, some people who go the rounds don't often have the best case. But uh, nevertheless, I think it is, as you say, an exercise in democracy. And it's important that people have access to the people that they vote for and put into the, their parliament. Enter Gus Healy, A.A. Healy, former TD, former chairman of the party, former Lord Mayor of Cork. He's a personal friend, but he, like everyone else, is here too on business. Well, I came in more or less as a trustee because I wanted to leave this letter and see that I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here. And I would have had a meeting with trustees this weekend to suit you. Yeah. But uh, now I think we will postpone until the next time you're down. And I'd like to know when that will be. Well, it will be within the next couple of weeks again. And yeah, okay. I will be down next week, but I'm going to West Cork. And I'll be in you wouldn't be able to have a meeting here? Even uh, for a quarter of an hour. I could, yes. I could make a meeting perhaps but if I on, have uh, on Friday forenoon. I'm going to the I'm going to have a look at the the road planning problem the, oh, with, the with the county manager oh, and good. the city manager. Oh, good. Good. Sometime That's on Friday. The exact time isn't yet fixed. And um, I could fit it in either before or after that meeting on, on next Friday. Well, if I have this information, which I'm waiting, which I'm waiting, I'll get in touch with you in Dublin. Yeah. Well, I, I thought we had fixed up all our legal problems about the acquisition yes, of the property. Yes, this is purely the fact that uh, the documents which are agreed to by both sides have not been returned to their solicitors. Any that? Who, who's at fault there? Uh, our tenants. Oh yes, I see. Yeah. Haven't returned the documents. I know, but I didn't didn't we? Um, we agreed to terms, yes. In, a, uh, in, a, in an amicable agreement with them for Absolutely. terms and everything. I thought all this would clear up, and my yeah. house list was very yeah. embarrassed about it. Yeah. You see, well, what, what can we do? We the can most important thing is that we want to start renovating this. I know, premises. yes. Yeah. By yeah. the way, could you tell me, were you in the, here when this was bought? I was, yes. This is the late Martin Harvey. Yes, sir. Uh, negotiated the sale of the remaining part of the lease from O'Leary's, there were uh, electrical contractors and, and radio, radio people, people yeah, yes. Yeah. And um, it was a very short lease, as you know. Well, were you with us then when we were in Cook Street before that? I was. Yeah. I, just, I just had my clinics in Cook Street for yeah, Jay. Oh, I was wondering few, I was, a few years after I was yeah. first elected. Yeah. I was wondering if you were in Cook Street because they were very tiny rooms. And that was over, 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 the, the, over the GA, GA rooms, rooms yes. yes. Yeah. That was D.T. O'Sullivan's premises. And before that, we were down a few doors here. That was before your time, though. No, that was before my time. <laughs> yes, before my time. You're dealing with, with national, international problems and situations every day, and here we have you this morning talking about buses, phones, water schemes, traffic. How do you manage to, to weld the two? Where does the Taoiseach end and the man here at the clinic begin? Well, one has to make several parts of oneself in politics. Uh, a, a person who's in office particularly 
has possibly about three different jobs. Take, take my own case. I preside at uniform meetings at the national executive level. I attend the party political meetings. I preside at government meetings. Then I have to do my own doily work. And uh, then I have constituency work to do, not only here in my own constituency, but go around to other constituencies as well, to conventions and to annual dinners. And uh, as well as that, then, of course, I try to live my own life. You don't get much time for it. Somewhere here and but there. But uh, then uh, what I usually do is I set aside, uh, for example, now if I, after today, I have taken my notes, I'll set aside a, about an hour or two on Monday at home, uh, Monday morning or perhaps tomorrow evening, Sunday evening, and I'll expand on my notes while they're still fresh in my mind into my dictaphone. And then I'll get my typist to run off uh, the account of the problems, and if there are matters that I must attend to myself, I'll do them, I'll get after them. If I can get my private secretary or somebody else in the office to pursue them, I'll, I'll do it that way. But there's a general turnover of business, so to speak. There's a tremendous turnover of business on all morning downstairs, and I've been talking to the people, there are hundreds of them there, and an interesting aspect about you, I think, emerges in this. They talk about the minister for this and the minister for that, and they talk about Jack. They know you for a long time. Is this an advantage or a disadvantage? Well, I suppose it's an, uh, an advantage from the electoral point of view because if you're known intimately to people, well, they're more inclined to vote for you then. Uh, if they kind of stand back from you in, in some awe as the Taoiseach, well, I, I don't like it that way anyway. I prefer people would uh, talk to me in a friendly way and I'd like to talk back to them. You don't often get friendly people coming in. Of course, you get a lot of abuse from time to time. But here on Saturday mornings, it's, uh, it's like uh, a railway station, really. And of course, we have a few TDs sitting in. And um, we don't try to transgress on each other's preserves. But some people do try to get around to us all. You mean the one client might try to move? He, he, he often does, yes. And uh, he might even then go to an opposition TD. That's his right, if he wants to do it that way. But normally speaking, if we find that another member of the Doyle, or Senate, uh, has a problem in hand. Well, we don't like to interfere or invade his territory. All I'm asking is, could you have any influence to get a daughter into any nursing trainees uh, hospital in, in Ireland? Yeah, well, I no, it's not a very easy problem because I have from time to time received similar uh, requests and uh, apparently it is highly competitive. There's uh, no competition exam. about being no. on a face-to-face reality. I mean, well, I don't know. Well, well, I, well, I'm, well I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm told <laughs> that there are interviews and examinations held. And there are mm -hmm. girls without it even start to have mm -hmm. been called mm -hmm. and got it. Well, now, what's the girl's name? E Evelyn. Evelyn. And what age is she? She's 18 now. She's 18. Did her leaving this year, or last year, last June. Leaving cert in June 77. 77, yeah. Um, Academically. She, 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 yeah. she, she got her exam yeah. taken here. And uh, has she applied to any... She's people? applied to every hospital in Ireland, yes, and they all rebuked her. The only one that gave any kind mm. of a little source of encouragement is the bonds here. The bonds, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make inquiries in the bonds anyway. I'll see if I can do anything for her. I'll get on to the matron, and um, I'll let you know how I get on. Yes, Sylvia.
from from you. But I can assure you that, as far as I know, these uh, entry examinations are competitive, and uh, I have made representations on behalf of a lot of people, and I haven't succeeded very well. So unless the, the person, the applicant, is you know able, to, but she might necessarily have the. Uh, academic qualifications, but then there's an interview and they assess their she, suitability. She hasn't even got as far as, uh, as yeah. being called for an That's interview. No, well, no. Yes. Well, leave it with me. I make inquiries. Midday. The day was wearing on. The house was packed. Incidentally, 95% of women didn't want to talk or wouldn't be recorded. The waiting room was full of women with children, old men gazing furtively at the racing sheets, the children crankily looking for ice cream and looking for the toilet. For the party machine, it was time for instant soup. For the Taoiseach, it was business as usual. Are your clinics much different when you're, say, out of power? Uh, not much, really, uh, except uh, when you're in power, you perhaps get more of the national issues uh, rather than the local ones because when you're in power, naturally people who have uh, problems that might be of a, a, a wider nature than personal problems, these people tend to come to the minister or the teacher, as the case may be, in office. You know, they feel they're getting straight to the uh, centre of power, so to speak. There were times, too, this morning, people were good enough to allow us to sit in and tape their conversations. Other people were more private, more personal. It's very much like a confessional, isn't it? It is indeed. As a matter of fact, uh, when I used to, to come in here first, uh, I used to sit in a room downstairs, and next to the, the bigger room, which is the, where the constituency uh, party has its meetings, and we got old forms or seats, like uh, in church benches, and people used to move up one after the other in, t in time, and maybe one of the three would address me as father when they'd come in because it reminded so much of confession. But I mean, on the other side of it then, it is to an extent a, a confession in the sense that if people want to unburden themselves, uh, if, you want to, if they want to give the whole story, they'll do that. If they feel they can depend upon you to keep confidential what ought to be kept confidential. But it's often always necessary to get the whole story in order to get to the kernel of the problem. And a lot of people aren't able to, you know, express themselves specifically enough. So it takes a lot of time, really, to get to the point that people want you to pursue. And what's the problem? Uh, well, our problem is that we got a letter from the Minister for Post and Telegraphs to change our number. Oh, yeah. Making a six-digit. Yes, I see. And I have tried to arrange a meeting with him. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Excuse me a second. Hello? I don't know if he's still there. I'll inquire. Just a second, please. Your problem seems to be that the... The Department of Post and Telegraphs want to change your telephone number by inserting another digit. Yes. From five double nine double nine to five oh double nine double nine. Our phone number is five double two double one. 
Oh, and it, that's only just a, Oh, that's only an example, I see, that's right. But they, they want to change it from 5221 to 50211. Yeah, true, yes. And we're all, I'm actually the chairman of the taxi co taxi drivers who formed uh, a taxi co-op seven years ago yes. because we felt that the people of Cork needed something yeah. like that. But do you think the change would affect your and business? We feel that the change will affect our business yeah. in a big way. But according to this notification that you got, um, they say that it's necessary to change in order to provide for the further growth of the telephone network. Obviously there's some technical well, consideration uh, involved. I presume that the reason for that is this new telephone exchange is going up in Churchfield. Yes. But uh, as I said, I've been trying to get a meeting with Tom Fitzpatrick on yeah. it. And, uh, well, I only sent a letter off to him yesterday. I see. Uh, I was. Originally, I got out to Tom Meany because you I know Tom before. personally. Yes. And, well, he had told me to get in touch with Tom Fitzpatrick. But uh, I tried to get in touch with him on the telephone, and I didn't get anywhere. I was no, being sort of pushed from one corner to another. Yes, but he might not have been available at the time. You well, were he, he, he wasn't himself, but his secretary uh, was. I see, yeah. But it all depends. Uh, it wouldn't seem at first sight anyway that there'd be any great problem when they say here that callers in the initial stages would be told that the number has been changed. They'd be that told that, but hmm. if if you're on the now that phone number that we have there was origi originally belonged to CAB, and yes. we actually built our business on that phone number. If you okay. ask it. You walked out in the street mm. and asked anybody for a mm. phone number for a taxi company. That's the first one that comes to mind. Yes, five double two double one. Now five double two two one. Uh, well, now I don't know. I don't understand the complexities of the telephone no. network. But uh, if this is technically necessary, uh, I wonder yes, would it be possible for them to make an exception in your case? I, well, I don't know, but I we hope that uh, they would. Yes. we're also yes. prepared to. Um, Take another number. Other than the one they suggested. If, if it was possible to get uh, all the files or something like that, we'd take it. Or if they made it double five, double two, double one. I see. But you, don't, you, you, you think that the O it will, will, will it upset people? It will upset. They will be able to keep to memorise it as easily. Well, that's, that's the I whole see, idea. I see. So uh, if, if they can't retain the O number, then you prefer. In a, Another number that would be easily memorised so that people who would want to ring for a taxi wouldn't have to look up the well, telephone directory. Is the clinic a very important part of political life? It is, it, it is and it's getting more so. Some people decry it. Some people say that it oughtn't to happen, that we are sent to the doyle as legislators. But uh, you can't legislate for a community, you can't legislate for a country unless you know what the needs and the problems of the people and of the country are. And I think there's no better way of making oneself familiar with these problems than to meet the people face to face who have the problems and who are suffering under perhaps various uh, difficulties or uh, lack of knowledge of their rights. 
So in that way, I think it's important too. You, you know what people's problems are and you get to know then how to solve them and if necessary to you know, promote or try to influence legislation in the direction that can help. Especially to see you. How are you enjoying Lewisburg? Oh, I love Lewisburg. Would of you like to talk now again? Oh, well, I would come back to Cork. Like, I mean, I uh, yeah. love Cork. It's fabulous for Cork all the time, you know. It's always going to be the south side, not the north side, isn't it? Well, it doesn't matter, really. <laughs> <laughs> Cork is Cork. Yeah. Well, but, uh, it's a pleasure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't know that you would be here this yes. morning, but I'm meeting my sister around 2 o'clock, and I thought, well, I'll just chance and see you. See. Oh, no. there, you look marvellous. Sure, not too bad. I'm not feeling in good form. Except I'm a bit hungry now. I'd say late. so. And how is Mrs. Lynch? Well, she's fairly well. She's got a touch of a cold at the moment, but she's she? Uh, Forgive her my regards. Well, of course, indeed. And, and I don't think I have much more to say. Okay. Do you find that they come in, perhaps old people, just to see you, to say hello to you? Is that, does that ever happen? Well, some people do, yes. It often, and particularly people who perhaps from the country who might have known your father or something like that, and then just say hello. They want to say hello to Danish's son. They knew him when he was a small boy in West Cork and that kind of thing. Or if people uh, had been away for that for a few years, I've often had fellows coming back, say, from San Francisco. They might be in the Cork on holidays and they come in for a chat about old times. I needn't tell you I don't have much time for chats because uh, I could see anything up to uh, 40 or 50 people uh, in the course of a, a Saturday session here. Uh, not so much nowadays because I have a lot of help, but there was a time when there were only two of us, Fianna Foyle TDs in the city, and I was often here at the into the late afternoon, having started at about half past nine in the morning. It was now three o'clock in the afternoon, a long day since 10.30, and the young girl and her baby sat wearily, but hopefully waiting for their moment. What's your name? What is it? Fyro? Fyro? That's a 10, isn't it? I'm living in a flat on the south side. And yeah. um, my bedroom is absolutely reeking and dampness. My kitchen wallpaper is just fed. My walls are distorted. It was yeah. coming down so much in the road, down, you know? Yeah. We're living reeking in a room 10 by 8. My child has been in hospital. Yeah. She fell down the steps with a fractured skull. She yeah. got boredom twice because we're confined, like, you yeah. know, to, this, to the little room. There's only one room. Uh, we're, we're living in the room. We're living and eating in the room 10 by 8, but we have a bedroom. And a bedroom as well, that, I you know? see. Uh, yes. But mm. she got boredom twice mm. because, you know, I'm watching her the whole time. Accidents happen when she has no spoke. I know, there's no room for her to move around. No, and also I was yes. attending, I'm mm. attending Dr. Shanahan, the specialist in St. Finbar's. I'm suffering from hyper hyperventilation. I see. Mm. My heartbeat is going too fast. I and, see, um, yes. They said it's due to tension. Mm. And I was also with a Callaghan and suffering, he said, from the worst form of migraine. I see. Also brought on attention from where I'm living. I see. Yeah. Uh, is this the only child you have? Yes, yeah. I'm what, what age is she? She's two. Age two. You won't be long more now, or you'll be on your way. And uh, y your husband, is he working? He's working, mm. yeah, yeah, he's full-time. Mm. What, um, it working. was a long ago, vacant, you see, in Joe Murphy Road. Mm-hmm, yes. 
I'm hoping to get that, you know, as well as that. My mother had a very bad accident and she, her hip is in pieces and her, she's yeah. a dislocated shoulder. Yeah, and she's living le- nearby. She is, you see, mm-hmm. her, her left arm is useless to her mm-hmm. and means I have to go home and help uh, her, you know. And that means I can't afford if I ever do move, I can't afford to go far, you know. Yes, yeah, and is there anybody else to look after but you? No. Um, There must be times too, Tisha, when you find it very moving. It is. One feels tremendous sympathy for people, uh, no matter how much experience you have with this. You will never become callous about it. You never become, you know, too objective. You kind of feel that their problem is part of yours. And I'm not being too sanctimonious in this now, but uh, uh, you do know that some people do have problems, and it's it's. Um, I won't say a pleasure, but it's, you know, some satisfaction to feel that you can help them in some way. As I said, they don't often always need help because they'll get it anyway. It's their entitlement under the law.